Today on The Breakdown, it's a list of all the things we're thankful for on this Thanksgiving. And the thing that absolutely tops the list clearly is very deep stacked, big time cash games. Cash games where our two main opponents have over 750 blinds in front of them each, give or take anyway. And, uh, and when things are 750 blinds deep, they get a little eerie, don't they? Yeah, a little eerie, a little nosy, a little throaty, a little strange <laughs> is what I'm saying. Yeah, people start to make some plays that they otherwise might not have made when they were, say, 150 blinds deep, perhaps. There's a little more maneuverability, one might say, much like the Ford Mustang would say. <laughs> All right, enough. It's Aaron. It's JR. It's a really big pot, and uh, someone's going to get a little squeaky right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Offensive to the rest of the world that you talk about Thanksgiving. I know it's Thanksgiving oh, in America. It's true. Guess what? It's not a global holiday, you dirk. <laughs> that was actually very insensitive of me. We do have an international audience. You're right. Yeah. I apologize to everyone else. I don't really apologize, but I shouldn't have started that way. So but for, I don't apologize. <laughs> for all of you Swedes and, and other yeah. international folk, I'm starting with the Swedes because I feel like they understand the least about Thanksgiving. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, from the Swedish perspective, <laughs> you know, because of Ikea and stuff. Um, but Thanksgiving is an American holiday where we eat a bird. Yep. And we kill and eat a bird. Well, the bird's already dead usually. Yeah. And then we, uh, we pretend to, to care, oh. care more Whoa. about stuff Come for a day. No, everyone comes together. And then we keep polluting the earth with our toxic <laughs> waste. Everyone comes together. If, if it's the kind of, uh, group where, you know, it's a little more sincere. Someone says, why don't we all go around the table and say what we're, what we're thankful for? And then there's at least like 40% of the table is like, fuck, I got to think of something. Yeah, but everyone gotta, does it. And everyone feels richer for doing it, quite frankly. Everyone's always glad that I'm happens. Th- there's always the default. I'm just thankful for this great company yeah. to have on this day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a lovely day. Oh, the turkey's perfectly cooked. So, oh, um, oh, I can't believe what you did to the mashed potatoes. Amazing. By the way. Thanksgiving meal is a really good uh, food combination. So good. Like, all of the food is really good. Here's a quick story. Not really Thanksgiving. Okay, <laughs> okay. But, but it made me think Here's of it. Here's a Halloween story for you. <laughs> so um, my family got together um, this summer, as we often do, for a week. We all vacation together. And uh, my dad doesn't do this with us. Uh, but my dad is known. I wouldn't say known. I'm very aware of every time the family gets together with my dad and we have a meal... At some point, especially if it's a home meal, not like at a restaurant, my dad will stand up and say almost exactly these words. He'll say, this food is incredible. This food was amazing. But the real incredible thing is the people who were here today. And he would like look at each one of us. And he'd say like one or two more sentences like that and sit down and always say that to the point where it's just weird. It's meaningless now? Yeah, yeah. It's super super lame. Um, So I'm on this, this trip with my family and... My cousin's kids, who are respectively, I think, 17 and 12, 17 and 13, actually, um, they convinced me to, at every single meal, at least once a day, I had to stand up at one meal and give that speech (laughs) And, and try and act like it was sincere and see if my aunt, who's my dad's sister, her partner, uh, my cousin and his wife, if anyone like picked up on it and when they picked up on it basically and so it was really hard to not like burst out laughing and stuff but i would stand up and i'd really like 
try and get like, okay, I, first of all, the food was, the food was fantastic. <laughs> but really, the thing that was more fantastic to me was being with each of you. And, you know, and, I, and I did that. I think it took three times before there was really a lot of pushback from... from <laughs> like the second time, there was clearly some people were picking up on it, but I don't know if like my dad's sister picked up on it yet. But by the third time, I think I was like, what are you, what's happening here? You know? Does your family know you differently than I know you? Are you a different person around them? I don't think so. Because I, the first time you did that, I would be like, what the oh, fuck is going on? Oh, um, I see what you're saying. <laughs> Maybe they know me slightly differently then. Yeah. But, like, I, you know, I'm still the wild card. I'm always the wild card <laughs> okay. anywhere I am, pretty much. All right. Almost any scenario. So, anyway. Maybe they thought that, but they, but it, they were too polite to say anything the first time or two. But then by the third time, they're like, all right, something's clearly up here. So, you know? it's kind of like... And this sounds like the premise of like a Futurama or Rick and Morty or some sci-fi comedy show episode, but it's kind of like every meal with your dad is Thanksgiving. And, you know, it's like, it's kind of the monkey paw thing where it's like every meal is Thanksgiving. How is that like the monkey paw thing? Like you, the monkey paw is like you wish for something or what's the thing where you wish for something and it, it sounds good, but it turns out bad. No, that's the monkey. That's the monkey paw. The monkey's paw. But who would wish for every meal to be Thanksgiving? People who like Thanksgiving. I mean, the food is good. Yeah. But, I mean, you can eat that food all the time. It's not like it's illegal to make that food at other times. I think it's uh, turkeys are expensive, and they're not yeah. always available. That's, that's the main thing. But um, mm. okay. still, it sounds like every meal is Thanksgiving, <laughs> which upon first inspection can sound right. like a good thing, but I think ultimately would be not good. You're like, I'm really tired of all the sentimental bullshit. Can we just eat some food? You know? I mean, I feel like there isn't that much sentimental bullshit even in Thanksgiving, really. It's, it depends on what group you're with, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I guess it does. Yeah. Actually, here's another quick story. So um, I used to th- have Thanksgiving. I, I almost said I used to Thanksgiving with, like as I used to summer with. You know, I used to Thanksgiving I with. I think that's good, and I think you should keep that. I may keep that. So I used to Thanksgiving um, regularly with, uh, this is like 20 years ago, 15, 20 years ago. I would Thanksgiving with my, my best friend's family pretty much every year. And they are like hardcore, like sentimental, emotional, sentimental, like beyond anything you can imagine, like really beyond anyone you've probably ever met. And I'm not okay. like to you specifically, Grant. Like I mean that. So um, my my personal nightmare. So we would do this thing. Well, this is the thing that like most of us fucking dreaded. But the dad, my friend's dad, who was sort of the patriarch figure, um, would kind of demand what, what he called gratitude. And so gratitude was everyone would go into the living room and we'd sit there and we would spend literally two to three hours going around and talking about how grateful we were to each other in different ways and all this stuff. And you just go on and on and on and on. And it was fucking, I mean, it was cool for like the first 40 minutes, even that, even that was okay. But eventually... It's really like, Jesus, come on. My gut reaction to this is that it is meaningless when forced. Now, maybe mm. that's not true. Maybe there's something alongside or similar to, you know, the science behind smiling can actually make you happy. Do you know about this? Yeah, sure. Yeah, where, like, if you actually smile or, you like, you put a pencil in your mouth mm-hmm. to force a smile uh, shape of your mouth that has a chemical effect on your brain and it ultimately will make you at least temporarily happy. Maybe it has an effect like that, where like you force the gratitude discussion, it actually does bring out something in some cases. But it would, to me, would always feel so facetious because it's like we're doing this for the scheduled time period. It's not because I decided I wanted to tell you these nice things about you. Um, 
It didn't feel facetious. I'll say that. It actually felt like everyone was kind of, even though a lot of people didn't really want to do it, they were game once they were there because they knew there was no getting out of it, essentially. And people were sincere. So as long as there's sincerity, it doesn't matter. It's actually much like in a normal Thanksgiving, a normal American Thanksgiving, when someone says, let's all go around the table and say one thing we're grateful for this year. And people are like, okay. But then they actually think of something and they mean it when they say it and it's real. You know, it's like that except for three fucking hours. Yeah, the time, that amount of time sounds pretty good. Eventually, after doing that for several years, I learned that like I could probably leave the room after like 90 minutes to two hours and it was was okay. But before, that, that that was the earliest you could ever leave. I mean... Eventually, I think many, I stopped doing that with them and uh, Thanksgiving in general with them. And I know eventually, I think the kids rebelled against it. The kids who were all adults at the, by that point. But like, um, but they all eventually were like, all right, we're not fucking doing this anymore. Yeah. But, but it took a really long time. Like, I think they rebelled like six years ago, kind of a thing. Like, wow. Yeah. So that's, that's the household they were brought up in, though. You know, like that was normal to them. It's crazy. Yeah, well. That's a real thing that happened in people, my life. <laughs> I think I think there's probably a lot of weird traditions out there. A lot yeah. of the listeners are like, I got something weirder than that for you, you know, I'm sure. But, and you know, if you want to tell us your weird Thanksgiving yeah. traditions, let us know on Discord. Or Twitter or email. As a like, form of getting away from your family, if you're listening on Thanksgiving, go ahead and hop on the PokerEyes Discord. There's a link in the description there. And, uh, sure. you know, just in the shoot the shit section is probably a good place. Tell us your weird Thanksgiving family stuff. That would be amazing. Yeah. I would love to hear stuff that was as weird or weirder, or even a little less weird than these stories that I'm telling. Yeah. I'd be into that. Sounds great. It does. So yeah, I guess sincerely from the bottom of my heart, though, thank you to all of the listeners. You all mean so much to me. No, Grant, you obviously don't mean that, but why don't we take right now one minute and say something, we really, something we're grateful for to each other. Okay. You go first. Jonathan, I am grateful that... You make me seem like a non-eccentric person. (laughs) (laughs) And now it's your turn. Okay, Grant, I'm grateful that being around you, I get to experience sort of a consistent, like, feeling of superiority (laughs) and, like, Uh sense of, like, what it would be like were I to be less than <laughs> you know i really get a yeah. strong feeling so i so I, i'm consistently grateful that like i get to be like it could be so much worse than whatever's uh-huh. going on like look at this fucking guy yeah, yeah. you know you were so, meaner than i did <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. i really fucking went there well what's the point of going only slightly mean you know there's there's an art of subtlety that perhaps you don't understand and mm. i'm grateful that you don't understand <laughs> it because it makes it look like i'm really smart and subtle mm-hmm. it does make it look like you're really smart yeah that's interesting that that's what you care about Looking like you're really smart. Not and, being smart. And I'm continuously looking. grateful for the way you're talking right now, <laughs> making me the good guy and you the bad guy. I don't think that's how it comes off at all. I think I'm the hero of this whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm grateful for the fight we're about to have. Yeah. Let's get ready to rumble. All right. Let's rumble with the old uh, poker. Cool. So for all you Americans celebrating Thanksgiving and non-Americans who happen to be celebrating Thanksgiving because you like it, or because you were in America, or you have some sort of American making you do it, let's talk about poker. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. You have always been the king of segues, sir. Thank you. Yes. I mean, of course, segues, those little mechanical devices that transport you around cities. After the actual creator of Segway died by riding a Segway off a cliff, the the void had to be filled, (laughs) and I, I I raised my hand, and by that time, everybody kind of forgot about Segway, so I was like, all right, I just get to take it. I'm yep. the king of Segways now. Yep. Congratulations to me. I operate all of those city tours that you see. Any major city you go to, and there's like a Segway tour, and you're like, there's no chance I would ever go on that, but it's interesting that it's happening. 
I'm in charge of that shit. Nice. Um, all right. It's a 100, 200, 400 game. This was yeah. suggested by Leo Chen. Cool. On the aforementioned Discord. That's a great place to suggest. Or on Twitter, if it's still there. Uh, <laughs> got a player named Aaron. Garbage human. Not going to matter. He's going to open to 2,000 with ace-10 off, plus one. So what? Andy. Andy Stacks. The one who Garrett used to always beat up on. And now, yep. who knows if Garrett's ever going to be back. But He really might never be back. Whatever. Andy's there. Um, he's got 310K in front of him. So he's the guy with uh, about 750 blinds. He's got more than... He's like 770. Yeah. Um, three bets to 8K from the button with two red kings. Cool. Yep. Fine. 4X, whatever, in position. Then we got JR, who had the briefest retirement from poker of all time. <laughs> I've before complained about top pros retiring from poker and coming back. JR, not a top pro, just a rich guy. Yeah. But... After the Garrett Robbie thing was like, yeah, it's too much shady stuff going on. I'm, there's even stuff that you guys don't know. I got to get out of this game. Never playing high stakes poker again. How long did that last? A day? <laughs> like, like a month and a half yeah. or something. It was very short lived. Yeah. Maybe he got some sort of assurances behind the scenes. I don't know what assurances he could have yeah. gotten. Who knows? But, but he's, whatever. He's back. Okay. He couldn't stay away. These guys all are, have gambling problems. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. JR has 340K in front yeah. of him. And maybe he doesn't have a gambling problem because, you know, he is extremely rich. It's not like this money is... He could still have a gambling he problem. He could. If he thinks it's all shady and didn't want to be there and is back this quickly... That's true. He might be addicted. But That's, anyway. Anyway, he's got 340K. He's in the third blind. Again, yeah. it's a 100, 200, 400 game, so the big blind, effectively. Uh, he's got two fives. What's your, what's your move here? I mean, I'm mostly just folding it. Even this deep? Well, the concern, of course, is that the action remains open... Yeah, and Aaron. Aaron, who opened plus one, could put in a four bet with any real hand, and we're just going to get blown off it. That's a great point. The uh, the uh, Obviously, the counterbalance to this is we and Andy are both incredibly deep. We have Andy covered. He's got $310,000 in front of him. And so by calling here, if we flop a set, we could do very well, right? That's right. that's Those are the two things. So the question is, how often does Aaron four bet really? The answer is probably not that often, but Andy three betting is a, is a hand you may be... Attacking more of the time anyway, right? There is another factor that um, is not often talked about because we're not... Until recent cash game history where we're playing these super deep games all the time uh, on on streams, often people talk about the implied odds of sets, but not the reverse implied yes, odds of sets. And when absolutely. You, when you get to a certain stack depth it's against a competent player, the smaller the pair, the worse the reverse implied yep. odds are because... A player with aces, unless they're a complete fish, is not going to put 750 blinds in with just one pair of aces. You, like, you're going to be set under set when you get that many blinds right. in. Exactly. So it's, there is a reverse implied odds situation that occurs. Yep. This is a great point. Um, let me actually do another counterpoint to that point, about which maybe is a good reason to call, is that when we flat here, there's, kind, there's a certain kind of hand people may put us on. It ain't fives. That is true. It's like ace queen suited jack jack 10 10 9 9. That's the traditional range. Right. Yeah. Um, mostly that you could come up with, you could say king queen suited. You come up with a few other things if you want. Fives is not one of them. And so that's kind of good. Yeah. Um, I mean, we are super deep. We're putting in 20 blinds. It would suck to put in 20 blinds and just have to fold without seeing a flop, which can happen. Doesn't happen that often, right? Yeah. I think it's close. I do too. I agree with you about the reverse implied odds and that flopping a set is good, except when it isn't. And we lose it all when we're, when we're beat by Andy's bigger set, right? When it's set over set, which yeah. doesn't happen much, but we, we kind of always lose it all. And when we make our set and he doesn't, he doesn't lose it all, right? Yeah. Almost ever. To put it into anecdotal terms, um, if we were 200 blinds deep, I prefer this versus ace-five suited 
but at this stack depth, I'd rather have ace right. five suited because you can make the actual nuts. Yeah. and you can. The only way you make the nuts with five five is with quads. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. you know could be good, but we obviously can't play for that. You got to be a lot deeper than this to play for that. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. Do you agree with that? Ace five suited is uh, is better here and worse. Seven hundred fifty blinds and Absolutely. worse at two hundred blinds. Absolutely. Also, we have a lot more continues post flop with ace five suited that we don't have with five five. Yeah, which is. Valuable as well. Yep. Yeah. Also, we block certain things with Ace Five suited. Not that we're going to necessarily turn it into a bluff, but we don't really block anything ever with five. It's so more it's about harder, actually being able to range, make the nuts no. where we know we're okay. Of course, yeah. no, of course, I understand. But I'm saying there's some extra value there too. Like if we yeah. hit an Ace, there's only two left instead of there's three left if an Ace comes. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, as just a semi-personal aside, personal for both me and Jonathan, I guess. Like we used to always do these cash game hands when they were super deep and say like, yeah, but we have no experience in that. Mm. But recently, there's been a lot of games in Portland that have been happening where. By a couple hours into the game, we're ending up in spots where 750 blinds is is the effective stack Absolutely. in a lot of hands. Absolutely. You know? I was actually, on Saturday, I was 600 blinds deep for quite a while. Um, now, yeah, and there were other people who had similar stacks. Even, yeah, just so. last night, I was 1,200 blinds deep for a long effective? time. Yeah, effective? Yeah, like, effective. Wow. Well, not with the whole table, but with like no, yeah, three other players no, at that's, the table. No, that's what I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, there you go. Yeah. yeah, it actually sets up some weird spots where you're like, I could lose a lot of money right now. Yeah. Like, Got to be a little careful calling these these big bets on the turn and like it, it changes the types of hands that you want. Yes, and it changes the way you approach it. And like, I'm certainly more willing to flat three bets from all positions when we're that deep with hands that are more speculative. Mm-hmm. And you know, less so with hands like five five, more so with like suited hands. You yeah, know? Um, it's interesting how it's different. Yeah, when you're that deep, you can do a lot of stuff. It's a lot more fun. Then 200 blinds, like, relatively solved, no limit hold'em that everybody knows what they're supposed to do. I mean, when you say everybody knows. Okay, you know. You know what I'm talking about, though. Yeah. You mean mean we know. (laughs) And we don't know as, like, there's there's a lot more tougher spots deeper, which you like. Yeah, I do. I kind of like just knowing what I'm supposed to do and having a clear plan at all times, and it's yeah. I, I appreciate the clarity. But anyway, we're different. Some are leaders and some are followers. Aaron <laughs> folds. <laughs> but I'm the unlikable one, yes. <laughs> you know, followers are unlikable. Right. Aaron folds, so that's a good outcome from JR already. Yeah. Uh, that's a great great outcome for him. Now, we're going to be heads up with... Uh, I mean... It's an okay outcome. It's not actually a good outcome. It just... Just Aaron not four betting is a good outcome. Yeah. You actually want Aaron to call. You want more money in there when you've mm. got to pay him like five five. Don't I don't you? know if I agree. Really? I think there's just a lot more landmines to avoid if you had a set when you're in a three way pot. I mean, pocket fives play well multi way, right? I mean, I, I I acknowledge we're very deep. Also, we don't know how deep Aaron is. So. Uh, he's got like two hundred and twenty k or something. Oh, then so come he's pretty, on, he's pretty deep. Come on, it's not even five hundred and fifty blinds. Well, it's about five hundred and fifty blinds. Yeah. That's nothing. We're JR. I use that for toilet paper. <laughs> anyway, let's go. So it's just these two guys. It's, the it's, it's heads up. Okay. Uh, 19,500 in the pot. Good. Andy has kings. JR has fives. They're all red. All the cards are red. Huh. Except for all the cards in the flop. There's one card that's not. It's a seven of clubs. Comes with the three hearts and the two of diamonds, though. Wow, that was like so suspenseful the way you, you told us the flop. So this is the type of flop that can be awkward for fives here. Uh, deuce three, seven, rainbow. JR checks. The question is coming. Is there an argument for leading? Oh. Against Andy's three bet range against Andy? Not really. Andy's gonna see bet like a hundred percent, isn't he? I don't know. Is he really gonna see bet ace king ace queen? Yes. Maybe. I think he is. I could be wrong, but I think Andy is like I know what there's at least three people in the world who think Andy is tight, but I am not one of them. There's at least three. <laughs> yeah. Um 
I think Andy is spewy. I think Andy's always been spewy. I think he's more spewy post-flop than he is pre-flop. I think he's pretty spewy pre-flop too. I don't see why we would do anything to get in Andy's way of like betting here. Like what, what are we hoping happens? We bet and he folds. Is he going to fold ace, king, ace, queen? No. We're going to charge his equity, make the pot bigger for him to bluff us later. I, don't, I just don't know why we're, I don't, think, I don't think a lot of good things happen when we bet. All right. Well, neither does JR. He checks. As Andy, do you always bet kings here? And if so, what sizing? I think we almost always bet kings here. How about that? Probably not always. We shouldn't always bet them. We should have a yeah. few checkbacks with our big over pairs. Aces a little more than kings, but kings sometimes too. JR doesn't ever have aces. This is yeah. a reasonable board in a three-bet pot to check back kings. I know yep. we have a range advantage, but mm-hmm. it's like a non-scary board. You know, like but, there's not that many bad cards. But as we were saying, like JR's general range here mostly is one of a few hands. Now, this fives is not part of that pool, admittedly. Yeah. So we're wrong. But as Andy, I'd be like, hey, let's get some value out of tens and jacks right now and nines. Look, this is a great board to get money out of when like if I check... A lot of overcards could come, and it could be hard. like a king could come on the turn, or an ace, or a queen, or whatever, and with those hands may just fold to any real money. Like, let's start building a pot now against hands that I am crushing and like this board. And right. I'm Andy, for Christ's sake. I, I mean, you know, like, I'm the spewy guy. Like, they see me as crazy. I would definitely bet. So do you want to size up because we have a range advantage and those cards and those hands are out there, or do you want to not size up because we have a range advantage and we're going to bet so frequently when we have a range advantage? I think we're going to not size up because of that. Yeah. Okay. Andy does kind of neither. He, he bets just, 8K into 19.5, same as preflop. That's fine. Yeah. It's like a normal size yeah. bet. I would, I would most aptly describe this bet as normal. Mm-hmm. I think that's normal. totally reasonable. I think you could bet anywhere from 7 to 10K, and I wouldn't think anything of it. Yeah. All right. Any argument for check raising as JR with two fives? Oh. Deuce three seven rainbow. Interesting. When we're this deep, it's an interesting idea to like shut out some of the equity. I've. I've not something I think about too often. The board is A, good for us. B, we know we can have all the sets. I don't know if Andy knows we can have any of the sets. Yeah. Um, which isn't great unless, I mean, we definitely look like we have jack-jack a lot if we check-raise, right? Like, we could probably check-raise jack-jack sometimes. Just for equity denial? It's not that different than check-raising 5-5, five, five, is it? I mean, except jack-jack's a way better hand who has less to be afraid of. I would almost never check-raise jacks. Me either. Yeah. Um, but I'm saying... It's not that different. I guess 5-5 five, five has more to protect from, especially against Andy's weird three-betting range, right? Yeah. Like a 9 could come. Is it? What's the board? Do 7. Three, seven. Yeah, a 9 could come, and Andy could have, like, you know, Jack-9 suited or something like that, and we can, like, avoid all that yeah. by check-raising. The problem, of course, with check-raising is if we get called, I don't think we can put another dollar in this pot unless we improve, right? I mean, we could try to rep a set. Why? For winning purposes. That, so, so we're going to take a hand that might be best... And And once we get called, it's not right. And then we're just going to try and bluff our way home. That's that's the other option. We're deep enough that that could work, right? Like if we if we weren't super super deep, I don't think this would work. But right, I mean, I don't think I would even ask the check raising question if it started two hundred blinds deep, because then it's like Andy's just going to put the rest of the chips in so frequently when we're Mm two hundred blinds deep that it doesn't make any sense. Right. But okay, to try and bluff out over pairs, I think it's weird to be check raising right now with like. You don't even know if you're bluffing or you're getting value. You know what I mean? Like, like, are you protecting? Are you bluffing? What are you doing? You're, you're just protecting. You're protecting, and then if it doesn't work, then you're like, okay, well, now I have to decide if I want to. I guess when we get to see the turn, yeah. and we decide if we want to continue or not. Yeah. That's fair. Um, there's, there should be, well, it's seven, deuce, three, rainbow? You're looking at it, aren't you? I am now looking at it, yes. Um, huh. 
we can't really rep anything besides like seven seven here, though, right? I mean, we know that we could have deuces and threes. Okay. Maybe Andy knows that too. Maybe he does. So there's nine combos of value yeah, total. We don't have two pair, obviously. I think. If anything, this board is like almost too dry to check raise. It's so dry. Like we don't but what bluffs do we against have? a thinking player, that's kind of maybe, interesting. Maybe right? this is how we have bluffs, is that we take a hand like this and turn it into a bluff if we have to. Right. And against a thinking player, that's kind of interesting. Like, how could you what what could you have on the super dry board? You just have like mm-hmm. Jack 10 suited and you're check raising for no reason. Seems unlikely. Yeah. Another interesting hand to check raise is if we somehow flatted ace king here. I don't know if we ever are flatting ace king in the first place. Pre flat. stack depth, maybe we are. It's not impossible, yeah. right? That'd be an interesting hand to check raise too, where you'd never put us on an ace or a king. Yeah. If you call, if a big card comes, like that's often me, but you may feel it, but maybe it helps you too, you know, kind of a thing. If a small card comes, we can keep repping whatever it is we're repping, yeah. you know. Maybe that's an interesting bluff too. So maybe maybe we need to turn fives into bluffs sometimes because we just don't have other bluffs. And we're and the question is I, I believe we're at least sometimes gonna check raise our sets against yeah. Andy, right? Because Andy's gonna have some overpairs yeah. and stuff. So it means we need to have some bluffs and it's I guess we can have like I don't even know if we can have ace four suited, ace five suited. Like when we, are we gonna call a three bet cold? Well, like I said, suited? I prefer those hands to this hand. I understand, but I wonder if it's actually in practice well, let's, happening let's for JR. Forget about JR for a second and okay. say that somehow, like, let's say you and I would call fives here too, and maybe we would. Who knows? Like, at this stack depth, it's at not. It's this not stack depth is at least reasonable. Yeah. Um, so we could include those all okay. in, in this theoretical range. Like, we could also, well, of those course, are for better. value, we could also have aces and kings sometimes. We should show up with those sometimes. A little bit, but not too much, right? Because, like, because by calling with those, we're going to be out of position to two players because you assume Andy, Aaron's calling for six thousand. He doesn't, but you would assume when he opens to 2K. In these games, he's calling for 6,000 more. But that's fine. You know, like, it's when you're this deep, Mm. pre-flop equity denial is so much less meaningful. Like, it's really about making a hand down the line in in this stack depth. Well, but when you have aces and kings, you're not going to make a hand very often, right? That You're not going to improve. It's rare for you to improve. Okay, when I say making a hand, I mean, like, for aces to have a favorable board, at least, where you feel comfortable value betting. Right. But with two players, aces have much, there's way less favorable boards. So That's true. And but you're I, out of position to both of them. We have to flat sometimes with aces here over time. We have to. Okay. I'll grant you at least a little bit we should do that. Yeah. But I think mostly we should for the reasons I'm saying. I agree. Okay. But, I, you know, this is... Okay. I, so I, we can I, have a little bit of aces and my kings. My overall point is, is maybe not perfectly applicable to aces and kings, but yeah. it does apply to sometimes flatting them, that this is so much less of a preflop game than a 200 blind uh-huh. cash game. Yeah, that's fair. You know? That's fair. It's about really big post-flop decisions. It's mm-hmm. mostly where all of the money is made. Yeah. In these games, it's not about getting 40% of the stack in preflop and then just having your equity hold, which mm-hmm. is what a 200 blind game is often about. Right. So this is a much cooler game because of that. It also changes the strategy. Um, so, yeah, I think we could have aces as a check race sometimes. I admit not it's not going to be that many combos, but maybe kings too. So a few kings, a few aces. Aces pl- play way better as a check race than kings, of course. Of course. Of course they do. But it's, it's Andy. It's, yeah. It's anybody. Kings are still ahead of their range. Of course. Of course you're right. Yeah. So it's not a disaster, but it's not as good, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, JR calls, which is the normal play, right? Check raising is a strange play. I just wanted to explore it with cool. fives. I think calling is the normal play. I don't think folding's on the table. On no, we can't fold on this board when we're this deep. No chance. Or at any level of depth, really, we can't fold on this board Yeah, for fives. No right. way. And uh, you won't be able to fold yourself out of bed unless you use the link in the description for the nitro betting there in the old podcast description. It's an interesting turn of a phrase. Fold yourself out of bed. Like you said, I'm the king of the segue. 
Yes, yes, you are the king of the Segway. But of course, and the king of the Segway would always tell you to use the link in the description, right? When you sign up for Nitro Betting, right? Or else you won't be able to fold yourself out of bed. <laughs> you really sold it that second. You time. know, you know how it works. You like you're lying on your back uh-huh. in bed. Yeah. What do you call it when you go from lying to sitting? Sitting up. Yeah, but what does your body do? What is your Does body it kind do? of fold a little bit? <laughs> it's like a, if, if, you, sure. if you're imagining a piece of paper and you're sure, like, what if slightly. I made this paper look like it was sitting? It slightly folds a little bit. So yeah. maybe shut the hell up next time. <laughs> but wait a second. That's only the beginning of getting out of bed because then you stand up, right? And then right, guess, what who's you, the, okay. guess who's not folded anymore? Let me, you're, let me, once again, you're back to let the Let me ask you a line. question. Let me ask you a goddamn question. <laughs> yeah. What happens when you turn your body in the bed mm. and your legs go over the edge of the bed? And then you want your feet to touch the ground. What do you, what do your knees do? I mean, my knees are straight. So you, they stay straight out. They're fa- like facing the wall now. <laughs> you just sit in the bed with your legs facing. No, the they, you bend at the hip. You're not bending at your knee. Your knee never bends when you stand up. To Have the, you seen how high my bed is? No, I've got two box springs. <laughs> I'm super high up now. There's okay. no bending your knee. To get out of the bed. Okay, you, let's assume that you're a normal... Pretend I'm a, like a fireman getting off the top Let's bunk. assume you're a normal person with a normal <laughs> bed height. Okay. You know? What, what happens to the old legs? It's unclear. They fold. <laughs> they might fold for a second, but then they unfold, right? So there's two folding events. You're saying fold yourself out of bed. I'm saying when by the time you're out of bed, you are, you are a straight line unfolded. Okay, so... What, let's, you, let's unpack you just, what you just said. Couldn't you just <laughs> as easily say unfold yourself out of bed? And if that's true, then you can't say either one. Yes, you can. You can't say you either can absolutely one. say fold yourself out of bed. It's not about where you end. <laughs> when you when you shoot a Ow. gun, when you shoot a gun, <laughs> did you target a gun? Is that what you're saying? If you shoot a gun at a target, are you saying that you should use the verb target? What? No. Because that's what you're saying when you're saying by the time you're out oh, of bed, by the you're way, standing. Pe- people do use that as as No, a, that's before you shoot. You're, oh, you're right. You target something. Yeah. Okay, that's true. You're you're bad at this. <laughs> <laughs> so there's two folding events to get out of bed. I'm saying that was a terrible segue, <laughs> and I'm going to die on that hill. And everyone agrees. You know that, right? Nitro you know loves how much we promote their stuff <laughs> in the ads. <laughs> this is the kind of viral content that's going to change the game. That's what they're saying in their boardrooms right now as they're playing this to For each other. For all of you listeners who fold yourself out of bed, yeah. like a normal person without a 20-foot high bed or whatever. And all of you who feel like, oh, yeah, that's totally normal to say that and think that way. This is for you. This ad's for you. And yeah. all the rest of us will just chill and not do anything. That's exactly right. You'll do nothing. You'll provide nothing. Mm-hmm. Unlike Nitro is- Betting. Unlike oh. Nitro Betting, which provides you with amazing promotions, if mm. you use the link in the description, mm. there's free roll shit that happens all the time in sports betting scenarios, such as NFL Survivor Pools, March Madness, whatever else they want to throw at you, fantasy football sometimes. You never know. You never know. There's the, the monthly Poker Guys tournament. There's sports betting. There's casino games. There's poker. It's Nitro Betting. It's where you want to be. You're Semantic gonna be arguments. <laughs> You're, you guys are going to be all like, this is where I live. Sure. That's a good slogan for nitro betting, by the way. This is where I live. This is where I live. Nitro yeah. betting. This is, where, this is where I live. <laughs> like yeah. that. Or like, I'm loving it. That's good, too. Yeah. With a little, a little, little jingle a little after it. Yeah. Or just or do it. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this is where I live. Yeah. You got to say it with that live. You got to live. Fourth gotta meal. Live. Something about fourth meal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nitro betting. Fourth meal. You know, I was listening to a... Um, a podcast the other day, oh, not, you, not one of ours. What? 
And it was Trader Taco Bell. It was about Taco Bell. And, uh, and it was about how Taco Bell, one of the big moves for Taco Bell was they, they decided to not try and be the number one Mexican fast food restaurant. They decided instead to try and be just the number one fast food restaurant. And ah. that completely changed the way that they marketed themselves and everything. And it grew them hugely. And fourth meal is like kind of part along that line, right? Yeah. It's like, not if you want Mexican food, like this is a thing you do later on because it's, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's more broad than that. I, and I just started, I thought it was just a cool thing, you know, yeah. to think Well, about. they certainly haven't become the number one restaurant. No, of course not. No, I don't think they ever really believe no, they McDonald's could. McDonald's is just too, right. too much of a crusher. But the idea was that that's even what they were taking on, though. Yeah. Like, instead, like, that was their goal. And so they, they basically had a, a bigger problem to solve. And so they were, they, so, you know, they became much more successful in trying to solve it. It's a mindset change. Yeah. It's like once that guy ran the four-minute mile, everybody ran a four-minute mile. Right. It's maybe like that. It's I'm not, not really, sure. I'm not, not sure at all. It's not really. That's like more that. for genetic fields. That's a little different. Yeah, it's more. That's more Jr.'s territory. Exactly. That's you know, as a hedge fund manager. Oh my type god, guy. my segues are off the charts today. <laughs> that was the best one yet. Thank you. The best one. Thirty-five thousand five hundred in the pot. We're back, baby. After the bet and call on the flop, the flop was Deuce Three Seven Rainbow Jr. The check caller has two red fives. Andy, the aggressor, has two red kings. Turn is the four of spades. JR picks up a bunch of outs here. He gets eight more outs. Mm-hmm. What a deal. Yeah. Now has 10 outs. He checks. Sure. I have to ask. Should he lead? Yeah. This is an interesting card to lead on. Let's think about what we're repping if we lead this card. Ace five suited. Yep. Four That's four. Not too much. And sets that flopped and then decided to play it this way. Yeah. Not too much value, though, yeah. really. Um, the board is pretty good for us. I think I like a check here. If it goes check, check, we're almost always ahead. Yeah, I mean, in a three-bet pot, Andy with big overpairs is not going to be super afraid of this card. I don't think he should be. He's going to still, he can be like, oh, thanks. thankfully it's not a jack, a ten, or an ace. Yep. You know, or um, a nine, maybe. Andy also may continue because this, if he's got like ace, queen, or something like that, he may decide he's got, you know, he picks up some equity with a yeah. five. Um, and so he might bet again and... You know, that doesn't, so we won't know exactly where we are if he bets, but we could even be ahead if he bets. Yeah. True. Uh, So JR does check. I think I like a check. And he does bet. And I'm guessing implicitly from what you said that you like this. I do. Trying to charge all of the under pairs and, you know, fold out the ace, ace, queen suited. I think if we're Andy, what we should really be doing here is those things are nice, but we're really trying to do is, I mean, charge the under pairs, yes. I think we're trying to specifically charge jacks, tens, and nines. Yeah. And trying to get three streets of value from them, if yeah. we can. And we would so love just another deuce on the river. Right. Like, it's like, we're Andy. We, we've got this image. Let's put it to work, you know? Yeah. So I, I like the idea of betting for sure. All right. What do you do with JR now? Well, how much did Andy bet? 16K into 35.5. And it's, it's like, it's ah, a little small. This is, I could still be against ace-queen. I could. I, and ace-king and yes. ace-10 and whatever other aces Andy has. One of the problems with this, if we're JR and we want to just call here, is that we may have to stare down another barrel if, even if we're ahead. Yeah. Like, Andy isn't always giving up. In fact, Andy's probably giving up rarely yeah. once he bets the turn, right? So that is not great. Our hand is probably a little too good right now to fold, though, right? Like, I don't think we can throw our hand away when we turn open-ended. Do you agree with that? Like, our hand's just, like, got too much going on. Yeah. I, th- I think we cannot fold when we turn these extra outs. I we also block the nuts. It shouldn't matter, but Andy's wide enough that I guess he actually could. He's the kind of guy who absolutely can three-bet with, like, a suited connector. Um, 
that flop with the gutter and get there on the turn. But we blocked that, so that's good. That actually helps a tiny bit, you know, tiny bit. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we can ever have a suited connector ourselves as JR, uh, like five, six ourselves. I don't know that we can have I that. would say probably not. Yeah. So that's not as good, but okay. Um, okay, so let's explore. So, so I don't think we can fold our hand right now, first of all. I agree. Okay. So the question is just to call or to raise. Yeah. If we call, we can improve and maybe even get more value out of Andy if he's desperate. And sometimes he will shut down with a weaker hand. Yes. So there's, those are really good things that happen if we just call. Yeah. However, the bad things are, of course, is we can call, be ahead, Andy can fire big on the river, and we're probably going to fold a lot. Yeah. Right? If we don't improve. Like mm-hmm. if a jack comes on the river or a queen or whatever, and Andy bets fucking $65,000, are we really going to call two fives again? That's tough. Yeah. We might do it, but I don't know if that's good, you know? Um, okay. So the only other option, of course, would be to raise. Yeah. What happens if we raise? Well... We don't ever get bluffed on the river. We fold out ace, the ace highs. That's nice. That's not a bad... We, we shut down equity, and we make sure we don't get bluffed on the river yeah. pretty much ever. That's a really good thing. Yeah. Is there any, like, flush draw that comes in on the nope. turns? No, nope, it's rainbow. Okay. So, so that's all pretty good. The problem, of course, is the hands that are very strong in Andy's range, i.e. all the overpairs, the hands that continue, like... I think I don't even know if Andy's going to continue with Ace King here. If we raise, it's probably going to be too much. And he's no, like, he'll fold. Uh, yeah, I pick up a draw, but like, but that's good for him to fold. Denying yeah, it's fine, that, right? You know, denying be, that equity is good. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, Andy would have eight outs. Yeah, and also, of course, can bluff us if we. Right. So we just take all that away from him. Um, so the problem, of course, yeah, his continuing range is is a range that's kind of always beating us. Mm-hmm. So. We have to decide what we want to do about that. We don't have to decide yet, but we, but we should have some plan of some sort on certain turns and rivers about what we want to do. Right, but we still have... Or certain rivers, I should we say. We still have outs against... I mean, aces, yes. is, aces is a bad hand for him to have. Yep. That's not a great one. But Kings is way better. Kings is way better, but we do have outs against everything, and yep. especially the non-aces over pairs. So mm-hmm. even if we get called on our check raise, which we how got- can Andy ever three bet, by the way? He can't. He has to have 7-7, seven, seven, which is really hard. Yep. Um, so... Or I guess the other five, the five, two combos of five, six suited that are right. left, right? He's got to have that. That's yeah. the only things he can three bet. Right. And so, of course, we're just folding if he three bets. So we get so to whatever. realize our equity anyway, most of the time, right? If we check raise, that's nice. Yes. We're almost never going to get blown off the yeah. head. That's right. So that's, that's really nice. The problem is, of course, like you said, if Andy has an overpair, he's certainly not folding to a check raise now. Seems unlikely. But. And then we can, and, I mean, and are we, we going to take a shot on the river without improving? To try, like, once we know he kind of has that type of hand, are we really going to take a shot? I don't know. This is the thing. Like, we're deep enough that, A, the shots can work. Yeah. But, B, it can be very expensive to be wrong. Yeah. I don't know how sticky Andy is in these spots. Neither do I. you know. Um, I think, I mean, I've seen him be sticky, but usually, usually he's not sticky except pre-flop, and he's more just spewy post-flop. He's more of an aggressor. He's like, yeah, I'm going to be the guy putting in the chips, not calling. Yeah. Um, so that's a reason to at least consider bluffing on a bunch of turn, a bunch of rivers. If Andy calls, we have to just think about like what rivers are good to, what rivers are bad to bluff on. Jack plus. Now, if we think about when we flat it, yeah, because he wouldn't, he wouldn't think we're check raising with jacks or tens on the turn, right? No, but he could make a set is all I'm saying. No, no, I understand. But I'm just thinking for ourselves. Even, yeah. Because like, well, Jack like hits part of our, in theory, pre-flop flatting range. But would we really check raise the turn with Jack, Jack? For value or I something like it seems hard to I believe, don't think right? So. I mean, I don't know. JR's an amateur, maybe he would. Uh, but yeah, but fives is a much better check raise than Jack's. It obviously. is. It clearly is. Yeah. 
the fact that we picked up all this equity is pretty cool. And uh, I, th- I think I like the check race. I think, I, think, I think the check race probably is the best play here. That's what Jared does. He makes it 42200 over Andy's 16K. Do you, do you agree? Yes. Okay. I like it. What do we think about the sizing? Let's talk about the sizing for at least 30 seconds. You can turn it too small. Yeah. Well, I think it's all right. It's, Be- it's all the same. Because there's no flush draw. Yeah. So it's right. not, we're not getting called by the ace highs anyway. Right. We could essentially click it back and fold out most of the other. So I actually ones. think this is kind of brilliant sizing. Yeah. Okay. Based on the scenario. Yeah, I agree. I think if there was a second club on the turn, it would be a mistake. Right. Good. Yeah. I agree with that. Cool. So nice job, JR. JR's killing it in this hand so far. Yeah. I mean, we... Except maybe the preflop. Might fold preflop, but it's not... No. Even that is not terrible. No. Anyways, Andy, it's immediately uncomfortable, but you can't Uh, fold this part of your range, right? I guess you just can't, but it sucks because it sure looks like he's got a set of sevens. Yep. And we're just fucked. Yep. And are we really going to... And one of the things I hate doing as Andy, or anyone, myself included, in this yeah. is um, calling this raise and then whatever happens on the river, assuming, assuming he bets the river, JR bets the river again, big, calling or folding, I hate. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, I sort of want to avoid the whole situation by folding right now, but can we really fold right now? Because if we do, we're clearly. We're clearly making a very exploitative fold. Right. We're we, saying JR only has a set here or ace five. We're saying he has no bluffs. Yeah. Right. Um, if we know that he has no bluffs, I guess we should just fold. But we have to really know that. Yeah. And clearly that's not true because he's turning fives at least somewhat into a bluff. Here. Yeah, it's a semi-bluff. So the fact that he's capable of it must mean he has some bluffs. And Andy should know that they, they play together a lot. Yeah. So I guess that means we just have to call and like, Figure it out on the river. It's yeah. going to suck. I mean, we're getting an incredible price. Jared's going to give up sometimes on the river. He is. He is. So Andy calls. Yeah. The pot's 120K, 119,500. Yeah. The river is the jack of diamonds. Interesting cut. Which, if JR is thinking as well as I hope he is, that card should hit Andy more than it hits JR. That should make Andy a set more frequently than it makes JR a set. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh-huh. For sure. So does, is that enough for JR to not go for it here on the river as a bluff? Because now he knows that he's behind. The question is this. Will Andy fold? If we can get folds out of all the other overpairs, he should definitely go for it. Is, if Andy's going to fold queens, kings, and aces, yeah. and, you know, never fold, and call with jacks, because, you know, 5-6 did get there. Right. I imagine Andy's not going to want to lose the rest of his stack every yeah. time. You know, he's probably just going to call. Um, I think we should go for it, because combinatorially, that's going to work for us, right? Um, there's more combos of aces, kings, and queens than jacks anyway. We see a jack on the board. That actually is maybe good for us, you know? Um, so as long as Andy's going to actually fold the big over pairs, at least most of the time, I think it's fine. So I guess the two questions we have to ask ourselves, which you and I are not going to know the answer to one of these, but one is, are we doing a good job repping a hand that beats the over pairs if we bet again? And depending on what sizing we choose, mm-hmm. what sizing should we choose in order to do that? And um, is Andy the type of player who is willing to fold those over pairs? Right. So I, I don't know if you and I are capable of answering that second question. I'm not so sure. Well, the first, the first part is I think we are doing a good job of repping pocket sevens here at okay. this point, right? Like, I think it's reasonable. We see we can have that. We yeah. know we can have it. And maybe Andy knows we can have it, too, if we play together a lot, especially deep, which yeah. they probably play in lots of other games besides just the stream games, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so... So, A, I think we can have it, and I think we've done a good job repping it. We probably would call once, especially on that dry board, and on the turn, we're like, okay, 
Time to like see if you actually have anything and not just let you hit a five on me to make a Yeah, let's make sure all of the ace highs just get yeah, out of here because like, let's not mess with those. Why mess with I those? I got a second bullet out of yeah. him. That's pretty good. Yeah. And if he actually has something even better, let's play a really big pot. Yeah, yeah that's, that seems fine. Um, so yeah, so first thing is, yes, I think we've done a, a good enough job repping this to make this play. Mm-hmm. Second question is harder to answer. Is Andy capable of folding? I know against Garrett, he sometimes would fold to big Garrett bets yep. on the river. I don't know what that means against JR. Um, but I but certainly both Garrett and Andy, I felt overfolded, if anything, against each other um in all these spots. Mm-hmm. Right. Now they would do big overbets. They would do big all in overbets, but it was for less money usually than 110,000. It was like ninety thousand into forty five thousand or something like that they would do on the river, you know, and the other guy would fold. Hundred and ten thousand, by the way, is the bet that JR is gonna make. Oh, sorry. Good job. Well, I looked into the future. Yeah. And I saw. So JR is He's. He, I, I think the sizing is designed to say like, get the fuck out of here with your overpairs. Like it's it's really big sizing. It's near mm-hmm. pot, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. And I think something that we underestimate as the poker guys and people who don't watch all of the live streams of Hustler is that pots like this don't come around all the time, right? Like this size bet is not normal, right? right. So it's it has a lot of impact to to bet this much into anybody who doesn't have a nutted hand. Yep. Right. Like this is a huge deal. So. I think we answered that he's doing a good job repping a strong hand, a set, mostly. Maybe sometimes he has ace-five suited. Who knows? Not sure. Mm-hmm. But mostly a set. Um, is this the right size to do that with? I think so. I think this is perfectly fine sizing. Like, going big on the river is reasonable. You put Andy into a binary spot of, like, overpair good, overpair not good, don't know what to do. You know, it's you're polarizing yourself. That's good. You want to be polarized here, don't you? All right. Second question of JR's range that he could get here this way with. Is this a good hand to pull the trigger with? Oh, cool. What else could JR get here with as a bluff? Right. Because all the value, it's fine. Yeah. Um, so, so what other bluffs really exist here when the four comes on the turn, the rainbow four comes on? We said maybe ace king. Was one, right? Um, yeah. That's a better bluffing hand for sure, right? Yeah. Oh, well, actually, let's think about that for a second. We're trying to bluff out an overpair anyway. Maybe yeah. it's a worse bluffing hand because, like, we don't, we don't want to... Now that means Andy has less combos of aces and kings, which means jacks make up a bigger part of that pool when we have ace-king, yeah. right? We're not trying to block aces and kings. We know he has a hand like that. That's okay. I think, actually, five is a pretty good bluffing yeah, hand yeah. Because, because Andy is the three better. Uh, he didn't have to call a four bet preflop. Mm-hmm. He could actually have five six or ace five. So right. blocking that is good. Yep. So that I think that makes this actually a really good bluffing. So hand. that's so I think it's good on a bunch of different levels. Like yeah, yeah. Uh, the only other hand I can think of that's a good bluffing hand that we might get here, but it's weird to get here with. Yeah, is ace jack suited. Like I don't know how we call the flop. I don't know how we call the flop at all, at all. And the yeah, and like what are we even doing on the turn? Yeah. Yeah, that seems. I guess because we pick up a gut shot. I mean, it seems absurd. Yeah, it does. So, so this this might be just a really good bluffing hand because Andy does have an overpair, and that's the type of hand that he's repping the whole way. But he also could have the nuts on the turn or a straight on the turn, having three bet preflop and not gotten four bet. Yeah. So blocking that is important. Yeah, I think that's great. So like yeah, that. this is a good hand to choose. He's really putting Andy to the test with big sizing. I think this is a good play. Yeah. How yeah. should Andy react? I mean, it sucks to even call the check raise on the turn. Yes, right? but it that already felt, sucks. It felt mandatory. I know. But then we're like, and we're sitting here as Andy, and we're like, 
And what a surprise. He bets huge on the river. And now I'm like, can I really call? You know, and, and first thing I would ask myself is like, did I just do this to myself? <laughs> like, like if I was going to fold the river anyway with my two kings, why am I calling the turn? I would, I would just put myself through that, even though I understand it's, it feels mandatory to call. Yeah. What part of my range am I actually calling with is really the important question. Yeah. What am I calling with? I well, think maybe aces is a mandatory call because we block ace five suited. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Um, obviously, we, we can have jacks yeah. here. So that, that would be a very straightforward one. Well, yeah, because you could have a set and yep. be betting for value and we could actually be ahead. We can, we can have... We could have rivers set of jacks. We could have already had a set. Yeah. Um, Although deuces don't feel amazing as far as... They don't, but we're going to call, I think. We're probably I, gonna I think aces is a better call than deuces. Because we black ace five? Yeah. Um, could JR ever have four three suited? No. I mean, you with, say no. We don't know that. I'm going to sure. go with no. Okay. Um, could be right, though. You could be right on that. Um, we probably shouldn't go folding sets anyway, but that's another. Let's not even worry about that piece. Let's right, talk well, about I wanna, the kings I don't block anything. We're getting granular, so I want to yeah. ask if you agree that aces is a better call than deuces. I'm really thinking here. We do block ace five suited. We now by having deuces, it, it, now it opens up JR having aces a little bit, but not too much. I don't think he's going to play aces this way too often. What are you talking about? The Why? turn and river. You don't think he's going to check raise the turn and bet the river with aces? I don't think he's going to check raise the turn almost ever. You think he's going to check raise the flop instead? What's the difference? Uh, sometimes, or he's not going to check raise sometimes. I think he could very comfortably check raise the turn, though, with it if he wanted to. You don't think so? Okay, I guess maybe sometimes JR has aces. It seems like the way you're saying it is as if it's like all the time. I'm just trying to come up with reasons why deuces are better. So okay, I see. Uh, it's a reason. You just want to be the contrarian. I get it. I am working the problem. Okay. Okay. When fucking Apollo 13 was in trouble, there wasn't one of these NASA pencil pushers standing over the brilliant scientists as they tried to. All right, brilliant scientists. The venting of the okay of the air. Your, your argument is that Jer has aces 90% of the time. <laughs> that is definitely not my argument in any <laughs> okay. way. Um, I'm trying to think of other reasons why deuces would be better than aces. Um, if we can't come up with any two pair of hands that uh, that Jared can have, and it does seem difficult to come up with them, for sure I'm agreeing with that. It, it kind of has to be 4-3 suited. I don't know what else it could be. If he can have 4-3 suited, he can obviously have ace-5 suited. I don't yeah. know if he can have either one of those. Um, but, yeah, so... Then you're at the same level of combos. So it seems like you're probably right that aces is better than deuces to call with. I know I hate to acknowledge it. I love it so much. It sucks. Okay, cool. Um, so aces maybe is a mandatory call. Mm-hmm. Deuces might also be a mandatory call. Yeah. Any set might just be a mandatory call. I think you probably call. just have to yeah. call with it. Yeah. Uh, then how far do we go? Like, Is there any other blocker stuff that we could have that would be better than the next hand value thing, which is kings? Right? Is there anything better than kings to call besides the hands we've talked about? Yeah. We said and jacks, of course. Or we said sets. So I mean, would we ourselves want to have pocket fives sometimes? Is that a better call than kings? Yes. Okay. I think I think it is. Cool. Would we play it this way? Mm, I don't know if we'd bet the turn. I don't know if we'd bet call the turn. Yeah. So probably can't have pocket five. Well, yeah. actually, we, we do turn open ended on the turn. So maybe we bet maybe it and then maybe we do call. Actually, yeah. we do call it. Okay. So we can have it. So if we have, yeah, although it's just less likely the whole way through. 
preflop, yeah. starting with preflop. All of it feels way less likely. Like a uh, plus one guy opened, and so we're often flatting, not, yeah. not three betting. Yeah. But if we have fives in our range, that's a better call than kings. Mm-hmm. I guess sixes is maybe also, but it's a really lot less, it's a lot less likely. It's a lot less important to block five, six than ace, five. Yeah, agreed. So I think, yeah, fives is definitely better than kings. Beyond that, kings is the next thing, probably. Yeah. But what other hands are we calling the check raise on the turn with? Are we calling with like eights, nines, tens, all over pairs? Are we folding some of them on the turn? I don't know. I don't know either. I think we're probably folding at least a few of them on the turn, right? We can't bet call everything. What are we doing with ace seven suited on the turn? Hmm. Because that's, that's a good one. That's, that's better a, than eights, right? And, right it's away, a, right. and it's a better call than kings on the river. Yep. I think we have to call a seven suited on the turn. We have we block top set and we even have a draw. Yeah. With the ace. Yeah. Um, meaning we can make a set. I'm oh, sorry, we can make a straight with yeah. a five on the river. Um so we probably call with that one. And then yeah, like you said, that's a better call on the river for sure. Yeah. Right. We block ace five suited, we block top set. Those are hands that are problems. Yeah. Gigs blocks nothing. So unless I'm missing something, I think we figured out all of the hands that are better to call with than kings. Yeah. Where does that leave kings as far as a yes or no? Yeah, like we've, we, we think we can even call with aces. So the question is we're one down right now. Is kings still part of the calling range? That's I don't know if we're one down from aces as far as like okay, how you're right, good you're it right. is to call fair with. Fair enough, fair yeah. enough. But like, okay, like you said, I don't know if there's any worse hands than kings that are clearly a call. Yeah. And I don't know if there are any better hands than what we've said already that are clearly a call. So we're like next on the list, it feels like is kings. Clearly a fold, you mean? Yeah, sure. For the second part? Whatever. You yeah. know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Just, love, just why do you even get in my way? I'm just trying to help the audience here. <laughs> the audience doesn't need you and your patronizing, yeah, smug, self-satisfied. What are, what are other words? Are you trying to do thing? like a Glengarry Glen Ross? Monologue? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. A little bit, maybe. It's a, it's a whole combination of many movies and TV shows all at once. It's Jonathan is just a, a horrible amalgam of all media. <laughs> <laughs> feels good i gotta tell you i appreciate you saying that Yeah, you're welcome (laughs) okay um so we're back to kings here this may be the beginning of our folding range it's right on the edge right it's on the cusp yep like obviously we were throwing away like eights and nines and tens and if we get here on the river with them so that like yeah if we get that that's an additional question right like if we're if we're not actually betting those on the turn or calling the check raise on the turn with those then kings falls lower in our range and makes it more of a fold yep that's right um i don't know i don't think we're calling all eights nines and tens i don't that seems like it's too much that means kings is going to be lower on our on our list on our distribution yeah. list here, which means it's probably a fold. And there's no suit things to consider because right. there's rainbow on the turn. Right. doesn't matter. We're probably supposed to fold this hand. And then we sit there and we think, why did I put all that extra $26,200 in on the turn if I was just going to fold the fucking river anyway? Because sometimes he shuts down. I know. Sometimes I hit a king, baby. There's things that can happen that don't suck. But. Yeah. But this does suck, and Andy recognizes it as a fold as well and makes the fold. I think it's a tough fold, but I think it's the right fold even though it was wrong this time. Mm. You agree? Um, yeah, I do. I do. I think it's a pretty well-played hand by everybody. Uh, yeah, I agree. I like how everybody played. I, don't, I can't see any mistakes throughout the hand. There's nothing that I can say is like, that's a clear-cut mistake. Right, right. I think the closest thing is actually JR's flatting the fives. Yeah. But we can't kill him for that. No, we just can't. certainly can't. Not at this stack, though. Yeah. So nice job, everybody. All right. 
Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. I'm gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make it.